In episode 111, we introduced the idea of copyright ownership, specifically when we're working with third parties. We asked the question, who owns the rights that were created by that third party? Now, I want you to tell me in the comments if you remember the answer. If you don't, don't worry, I'll tell you. The person who brings the idea to life is also known as the author. The author owns the copyright unless it's a work for hire. And there are only two instances where work for hire applies. We talked about that in detail in episode 111. That's where you go to listen. If you haven't listened to it, you can get the specifics of it. But there are only two instances that applies, right? And if that's the case, what about all the other instances where someone hires a third party to create something, I don't know, like a logo, you know, for their business, or photos for marketing, or copy for their website? How can that person that's commissioning the work retain the rights to the work? Welcome to episode 112 of the Own Your Genius podcast. I am your host, Attorney LaConya Murray, owner of Off the Mark IP Solutions, where we help clients throughout the United States own their genius through trademarks, copyrights, and contracts. And I have no idea why I'm so hyped about episode 112. Well, I take that back. I absolutely do know why I'm so hyped. It's because 112, like the number 112, brings back memories of being in college and hanging out with friends and listening to the group 112. Like I remember, this is just one of the 112 stories I have. I remember being in my crappy apartment with no furniture and my friends Chanel and Latoya were over. (laughs) And I think that was, this is the day that Toya brought over her boyfriend Snake to high. So they lived in the dorm. Somehow she was snake sitting for her boyfriend and then somebody's parents was popping up. And so they needed to hide the snake because how do you explain to your parents that you're babysitting a snake for your boyfriend when you're supposed to be at school learning? Okay. Anyway, snake at my apartment. And that's a whole nother story because I can't remember if that's, like, I think that's the same day. Anyway, I remember listening to 112, the CD, and we were listening to that song. It was called your letter and we're just like oh because you know in the letter he's telling the story about how he found this letter on the floor and she's pouring her heart to him out to him and we're like oh and then he gets to the end and we're like oh like so sad because like oh my gosh that was really messed up and we're like boohoo crying i'm pretty sure alcohol was involved i don't know what was wrong with us Hmm. (laughs) anyway i do have other 112 stories which is why I'm, like, I, I'm really excited for episode 112. But I know y'all aren't here for all of my 112 in college um, throwback memories. Y'all aren't here for that. You're here to learn about copyright ownership and how it works. So today's podcast is a good one. Let's get started. So if last week we talked about work for hire, which left open the question, you know, who owns the rights to this logo? We're going to just, in this in this episode, we're just going to use logos as the example because I know many business owners they outsource the design of their logo to third parties, and they do so with the intent that they will be able to do whatever they want to with that logo, that they will own the rights to it. So, how can we make that happen? One of the ways that we can make that happen is through a copyright assignment which transfers the rights from the author to the person commissioning the work. 
when it comes to copyrights, you have a whole list of rights that you have. You have the right to distribute. You have the right to publish. You have the, the right to record and copy and all these rights that stay with the copyright owner. But did you know that the copyright owner can actually divide those rights up and split them up between different people if they choose to? So we're going to just stray a little bit from our logo our logo example because I want to make sure that you guys understand that when it comes to copyrights, it doesn't necessarily have to be all of the rights to one person. We want that in certain situations, but it doesn't have to be that way. So for example, if you're an author of a book, you can give one person, you can grant rights for one company to publish that book. And then you can grant another right to someone else to turn that book into a movie. And those rights can be limited to those specific you know, rights and distributions, you know, copy, publish, um, or distribute or make derivative. They can be divided. But if we jump back to what we were talking about, those rights can be transferred from the designer to the business owner. So with the transfer right, the author can transfer all the rights to some of their rights. Also, the rights can be transferred by law, meaning that the copyright author has nothing to do with it. There's a legal reason that it has to be transferred. So for example, bankruptcy or divorce proceeding, right? Or if the author dies without a will, then all of their interests, maybe their music catalog, will go to probate court and probate court will decide what to do with it. So that's how rights can be transferred through law. But what we want as the business owner, especially if we're talking about creating a logo, we want the author to choose to transfer all their rights to us. Don't divide these rights up. <laughs> I just thought about Love Jones. He's like, no, you don't have to. I don't have to wait on mine. I take mine. I take mine right now. I don't know. Anywho. So, but how it works, if you're going to transfer those rights, those rights have to be transferred in writing, unless, unless it's ordered by the court or by operation of law. Anything other than that, the rights have to be transferred in writing and you have to specify what rights are being given. And that's just because, again, copyrights, there are so many rights that are vested in ownership and they can be divided. So you need to be detailed and particular about what rights you're given to who. When it comes to transferring those rights of ownership, that agreement, that transfer agreement, it can be a copyright assignment agreement or maybe a licensing agreement that we'll talk about a little later. Those rights don't have to be recorded with the U.S. Copyright Office, but they can. They definitely can. But to be clear, when you're recording it with the Copyright Office, it's not that the Copyright Office is doing, they're not doing anything with the transfer. Like They're not making the transfer. Only thing they're doing is keeping a record of that transferred in their database. That's it. So as a, as a business owner, when the author transfers their rights to you, all their rights and interests are going to lie with you. That means that the right to distribute, copy, publish, make derivatives, you, get, you now have all of those rights. You can do essentially what you want to with that logo because it is yours. But there's this thing. There's this thing that many people don't know and they don't think about. One of the effects of a transfer outside of having those rights lie with the, the assigner, the person that the author is assigning the rights to, is that unlike other contracts, a transfer right agreement can be terminated by the author. Exactly. you probably like, wait, did I hear that right? Exactly. Can you imagine? And we've seen this. I, I wrote a, an article about it, about a guy who was in gaming who entered into a contract and didn't like the terms and the court was like, oh, well, too bad. 
like you you buy a house essentially right you think about buying a house and then the seller is like oh man the value of that house is really appreciated i want it i want that house back essentially that's what the government was doing with copyrights because they didn't want the artists to be taken advantage of in cases where when they transfer the rights the person that they transfer the rights to ends up making a lot of money and and the artist makes none because it was a, an unfair deal. So they threw this in there. Hey, if you transfer these rights to this person after 35 years, you can come back and terminate that agreement. So like I said, many contracts, you can't do that with a house. If that seller comes back to you and says, hey, your house is appreciated. We want it. We want it back. You don't look at them like they're crazy. Like, OK, we know we'll take this money. Thank you. But when it comes to copyrights and transfers, it's it's a little different. So, and the rules vary depending on whether the transfer was made prior to 1978 or or after. And what you have to know is, it's not like someone can transfer their rights to you today and then come back tomorrow and say, "Hey, we're terminating this agreement." The termination of rights cannot happen before 35 years after the transfer of right. And a written notice must be provided to the signer, meaning the person that the author assigned the rights to and the copyright office. So essentially, yes, you can own, there's a way as the business owner where you can own the rights, but you have to keep in mind that even with the written contract, which you have to have, if you're going to have exclusive rights transferred to you, that those rights can be terminated after 35 years. So that's just something to, and it's, it's it's a more complicated process than what we're talking about here. We're just trying to make you aware of what can happen. Another option as it relates to being able to use the, the author's work the way that you want to, if they're not willing to transfer all the rights to you. And I know when it comes to things like photography, when you're taking your brand photos, a lot of those photographers are not willing to give you all the rights. Some of them are, some of them are not. But what they are willing to do is license their work to you to use in certain ways. And so it's an alternative to transferring all the rights. Essentially, a license is permission to use the author's work in a certain way and is also subject to certain conditions. And we talk about like you hear me talk about licensing a lot when it comes to trademarks because you can license your trademarks, but license also applies to copyrights. And I just thought about we watch a lot of Marvel movies here. And Sony and Disney, they have a licensing agreement as it relates to Spider-Man. That's why when you try to find Spider-Man on Disney+, Plus, it's not there. Because right now, I think it's Sony's turn. So it can be those rights to distribute. You know, you can, you can carve out certain rights. So a photographer might give you a right to publish, but not the right to create derivatives of their work or copy their work. Like the rights that they give you in that licensing agreement may be limited. And the licensing agreement is also subject to termination. So you can have a licensing agreement that can last, the agreements can say 50 years, but at year 35, if the author or the heirs choose to, they can terminate those rights with written notice. But one of the things that gets me when it comes to to business owners and outsourcing is that they'll go to sites like Fiverr or Upwork or 99design or when any of those sites that does the where you can hire someone to create this for you. And while the terms may say one thing, the seller of the gig will say, hey, I'm going to create this gig for you and it's going to be this price. But if you want commercial rights, it's going to be another price. And a lot of people will be excited and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to pay the extra money. 
with the commercial rights because now I get to own the copyright to that logo. And I just want to tell you that that is not what commercial rights means. Commercial rights is essentially a, a license to be able to use that author's work in a commercial manner, meaning that you can sell it, like you can put it on a product and you can sell it. You can use it for your business without getting in trouble with them. It is not a transfer of rights. You do not have all the rights that are vested in the author when you have, when you see commercial rights. So that's something that I really want to make sure that as a business owner, you need to have these conversations with these third parties that you're working with. And you need to have a written agreement that spells out what your understanding is. Because a lot of times what I'm seeing is people are hiring artists to create things for them whether it's a logo, whether it's copy or whatever it is. And there's no there's no mention of the intellectual property that's being created as a result of, of the work that they were hired to do. And when that happens, that means that all those rights lay with the artist or with the writer, whoever it is that's creating it and bringing it to life. I've seen a case and we talked about it before where there was this there was this company out of New Orleans and they hired someone to create their logo for them, right? They hired them to create the logo for them and that company also said, hey, you know what? In addition to creating your logo for you, we're also going to um, help you with your e-commerce. Something like that. Some Something like that. Basically, they, they created the logo for them. And then they said, in addition to the fee that you charge for the, we, you pay for the logo, we want a percentage of the sales that you're making. I think they were helping them. Yeah, they were helping them with their e-commerce site. And a few years went by. And when they decided to, when the company decided to stop using them for the e-commerce site, the designer went and said, oh, well, we're going to take back our rights in this copyright. And actually what they also went and did is filed a trademark for the logo as well, which they didn't have any standing to do that. But that's beside the point. Because they were the copyright owner, they did have the right to say, you can no longer use our, the logo that we created for you for your business. And they by this time, they invested a whole, like over $30,000 working with this company. And what the first thing was, and this is this wasn't a termination of the transfer of rights that we talked about before. This was a case where the contract did not specify a transfer of rights. It did not speak to ownership of intellectual property at all. Therefore, those rights remained with the designer and they were able to just pull those rights back. They were able to say, hey, we don't want you using our logo anymore. And I don't want that to happen to you all. So whether it's a logo, just whenever you're working with a third party and they're creating something with, for you, you need to, if your intent is to own that, you need to have that conversation. Make sure you're on the same page because if that's your intent, diff different artists will, will handle it in different ways. You know, their their fees may vary depending on whether or not they're transferring all their rights or giving you a commercial license or retaining all the rights for themselves. So you need to have that conversation and put it in writing so that you'll know. Okay. So short and simple today, today's podcast. But I just wanted to finish up really the conversation that we had last week as it relates to work for hire and just making sure that you feel confident when you're working with third parties as it relates to your intellectual property. Now, next week, episode 113, we are doing Murray's Law. Murray's Law is our live Q&A session. We are doing it webinar style where we pick a topic and we talk about it. And next week's topic is a great topic. So make sure that you register for this webinar. We're going to be doing it on Microsoft Teams. And the topic is how to protect your, your trademark before you're ready to launch. That's a big one. 
that is a big question that we get often. We also want to talk about some other things in there. Things like what's a trademark for people who, who don't know? When's the best time to, to register your trademark? We're going to talk about the auditing process because believe it or not, the IRS is not the only government agency that performs audits. Once your trademark is registered and you have to go through that maintenance period, once you file that maintenance, your application, I'm sorry, your registration can be pulled for audit. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to be so much great information. So Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time, make sure to tune in for the live version of the Own Your Genius podcast. All right. Let's take this conversation over to the Mark Legal community. I want you to share this episode with three people and have them meet you there. But you know what to do before you go. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate the podcast. Until next week, I want you to keep building your business, growing your brand, and owning your genius.